0: I am really looking forward to sharing today's episode with you guys because I am talking with Jessica Terzakis all about how to actually engage your clients and put together a program that they're going to love, they're going to be motivated to complete, and it's really going to help them get to the finish line, which I think is what all of us want. This episode is jam-packed with advice on how to lead a group program, how to keep get people motivated, how to ask engaging questions in a Facebook group. Again, there's just so much goodness in this episode that I just can't wait for you to listen. So Jessica is the co-owner of Terzakis & Associates, a business advising firm. Previously, she worked as a high school English teacher where she taught over 500 freshman students and quickly mastered how to motivate even the most reluctant learner. Looking for a way to teach and make more money, she turned to entrepreneurship and joined her family's business. Now, as a multiple six-figure business owner, her specialty is helping overwhelmed and frustrated entrepreneurs to monetize their brilliance. She shows them how to add additional streams of revenue to their businesses using group programs and online courses. She is a wealth of knowledge and I'm really excited for you guys to listen, so let's get going. Hey Jess, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today to talk all about how to really engage your audience, engage your clients, you know, and... and talk about how it's not just getting the client in the door that is the most important thing, but it's the client experience after that, how to engage people, how to get them motivated, how to um, get them to do things that maybe they don't really want to do, you know, keep accountable to their health
1: goals and things like that. So thanks so much for coming in. I'm so excited to be here, Stephanie. I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: Yeah, I think this is going to be a great conversation. I know that this is a hot topic in the nutrition realm of like okay I've got the client in but how am I gonna keep them here you know it's Mm -hmm. so well so easy I say that in quotations it's so easy to get them in um, but how can I you know have a long-term relationship with them so why don't you just get us started with a little bit about who you are and a bit about your business background so people can get to know you
1: Absolutely. So hey, everyone. Um, I have been an entrepreneur for the past three and a half years now. And before that, you know, I'll talk about my business in a moment. But before that, my background is was in high school teaching. So I went to college to be a teacher. I got my master's in education and I taught um, freshman English and junior English for about six years before I made the huge leap into entrepreneurship. So I spent a lot of time, you know, talking about engagement and how to kind of get people to do things that they may not be motivated to do. You know, I spent basically Mm -hmm. six years figuring out how to get 14 and 15 year olds to uh, read books and write essays, the things that they never wanted to do. And, uh, you know, from there, you know, I just kind of reached a point where, you know, I was working. You know, if you if you are who are listening and you know a teacher, you certainly are not surprised by hearing. You know, teachers are kind of overworked and um, not highly compensated especially where where I live in um, New England and so I left teaching and made the big bold decision to go into entrepreneurship and I actually joined my parents business so the the business that I work for now had been in existence for two years when I joined it and we do um, you know a few things we do broad you know business coaching so you know if you're trying to figure out you know, who is my ideal client and who am I trying to attract and what, what am I going to offer them and what am I going to price them and you know how do I grow this and bring on a team? We, we focus on that. But my specialty within the business is helping experts like nutritionists, like health coaches basically you know take that expertise that's jumbled around in their head and package that into a program that a client is not only excited to, to purchase, but a client is then excited to actually follow through and complete. So that's basically the long and short of it. Mm, Yeah, I love that. Such
0: important work that you're doing, too, because I think, like you said, we can all have those ideas. We can all be excited about like, I really want to help people. But if we don't know how to transition that into an offering that the the client is going to be excited about, it's going to fall flat. So it's really cool that you support people with that.
1: Yeah. And interestingly, you know, my background is not in nutrition or health or in health coaching, but over the past three and a half years, the bulk of my clients have been in that industry. And so, you know, I've learned a lot, especially as, as an outsider with how to, you know, communicate that information and that brilliance to, to clients who really do need that support. So I'm usually like the bridge that brings the client and the expert together. Mm, I
0: love positioning it like that. That's really cool. We need those bridges, right? (laughs) We can't do all this alone. We need people like you. Yeah, okay. So let's just get started right into the content. This is something like, again, like I said, I'm so excited to talk about. So I don't even want to waste any time. I just want (laughs) to get right into the kids. (laughs) So why don't you just um, talk to us a little bit about maybe even what it would look like for you to work with a client to help put them their program um, together? Like, where would you start? How do you build the program? Like, what would you be adding in to add value
1: to the client? Mm, this is such a good starting point. So I think you know, Stephanie, you and I before before we jumped on here, we're talking about you know typically a, a, a dietitian, nutritionist, health coach. Um, you know, we'll start off in the one to one realm, right? They'll they'll have one to one clients, and for the most part, they'll kind of charge you know position one off you know services. They might have like one or two meetings that clients will come in for, and you know they're really wondering like how do how do I how do I scale this? Like, where do I take this? And, and so that's why creating a group program is a really great option to, to, to bring on more clients to, to grow, to grow your business. But the question then is, you know, how do I put that together? Where do I start? What do I put into it? Um, These are the most common questions that I get. And so um, to tackle that, which is a huge, a huge question to kind of um, narrow down, but I recommend, you know, figuring out, you know, when you look at the typical client that you're targeting that you're trying to bring in, and I realize in this industry it could be, you know, a variety of niches. But what is sort of the, the big, big number one problem that your clients are experiencing? And I tell people, Stephanie, that when you're creating a program, part of the overwhelm comes from you know, just figuring out what idea do I want to teach, right? Cause we could teach on so many things. And so what I say to people is people are coming to sign up for a program or to work with you in general to solve a specific problem. So first of all, when you look at your one-to-one clients, or when you look at who it is that you're trying to target, what is the top of mind, like tip of the iceberg problem. And as a teacher, I, I recommend starting there because that informs everything, Stephanie, that informs, um, you know, how much content you need to give them, what types of um, topics you're going to discuss in the program, what kind of support they need. Right. And so examples of topics could be, you know, obviously weight loss. It could be, um, you know, something um, based on energy or hormone regulation. Now, that's not marketing message, but I'm, I'm talking about, you know, from a from a creation standpoint, you know, how, where do you even start? Start with what you want to teach on, start with what your clients are coming to you for. And once you kind of narrow that down, uh, that tells you, you know, how long you'll need to work with them. Now, I recommend Stephanie, this doesn't have to be like a six month program or a 12 month program. It could easily be something like we're going to work on this topic of, you know, energy or hormones or, you know, weight loss or, or whatever it is for four weeks. Maybe it's a four-week program, right? It could be a six-week program. I don't recommend going beyond three months. So when people are starting to imagine, like, what would my program look like? You know, you're not talking or we're not talking a long period of time. I say three months at the most. So that should give you an idea of, you know, maybe a little pressure relief because you're not having to bring on this group and work with them for 12 months, which is I know where a lot of people tend to go. Um, From there, once you get that kind of figured out, you can easily, you know, make this happen in, you know, in terms of content. I say, you know, figure out what your three to five teaching points are. It always goes back to that, um, you know, that focal point of the program. What are you teaching them? What are you wanting to help them with? And then figure out what are the three to five teaching points that I really have to share with them as they go through this program. And once you figure those out, from there, if I say keep it super simple, Stephanie, especially if you know a lot of you who are listening are really starting to to venture into putting a group together for the first time, you do not have to worry about you know fancy technology or you know teaching platforms, which I'm sure I'm sure you've seen you know all over the place, and I, at least I see them all the time in my mm-hmm. social media feed ads for them. You know, keep it simple. You can easily use a private Facebook group. This is for like paying clients that are that are choosing to work with you. Um, use a Facebook group. Facebook groups um, have this really great feature where you can implement what are called units, and it's a way for you to organize your content into um, you know a really really nice digestible fashion for your clients to access. And then I recommend using Zoom. To, to record your teaching to, and you can upload, you know, the, the links to the Zoom recordings into the Facebook group. So I come from the perspective of, you know, when I was a teacher, I had to bootstrap a lot of stuff. You know, we'd never had the big budgets and the fancy technology and all of this. So it was like, how can I get this idea together as quickly as I can? Because I've got to go teach this, you know, in three days. And I help entrepreneurs see that they can really quickly put together a program without all the fancy bells and whistles.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with everything you had to say. And, and also that's a a very similar to the way I approach helping my clients set up their programs too, because Mm. like, like you said, I think it's, we need to really understand what is that, one topic we want to cover because we can't cover all the topics that could be Mm -hmm. multiple different programs but again they need to reach one end goal or else they're going to get overwhelmed and they're not going to follow through and then breaking down how we're going to teach that i think is so so important and i love how you shared it can be as simple as a facebook group or doing zoom calls like it doesn't have to be complicated and i think tech is one of the number one things where we
1: think Mm -hmm. well how would i actually do this forget about it and then you just decide not to even go ahead with the idea yeah it becomes a procrastination tool because so it's like well now i got to go research research which platform is the right one for me and it's like you know then it never comes comes together and I think people are asking they're like really it it can be that simple I'm like I do it all the time like when I mm-hmm. do a new program I'm not gonna you know go in and you know waste the money on you know all this fancy technology when I'm still trying to figure out this idea and in some ways Stephanie I think especially right now, if you just use like, say a Facebook group and zoom, it's like one less thing our clients have to learn and master. Right. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. And make it even easier for them by
0: like, maybe let's just assume some people aren't familiar with a Facebook group, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are these days, but you could make it that step easier by recording a little like tutorial on like, here's how you can best use this group just so you make sure you're not losing people in the process.
1: Absolutely. Definitely. And, you yeah. know, I think the, the point that you you mentioned about, you know, picking an idea and, and really narrowing it down, I realize in some ways that's easier said than done, Stephanie, because I think a lot of people like, you know, clients will come to me and they're like, well, I really could help people with all these different things. Mm-hmm. and. I I try to help them see that, like you said, just because you create one program does not mean this has to be the end all be all like great expectations version (laughs) of a program. Right. You know, it does give you the freedom when you narrow down the topic of you can create other programs and hopefully you do create other programs in your business. And this isn't the only one.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that takes a lot of pressure off. So you don't have to yeah, put all of your eggs into one basket. And if you know, it flops, because it wasn't the right program or the right delivery doesn't mean that you can never run this business. Again, it's just like Mm. learning from it and seeing it as like, you're always testing, you're always trying different ideas out. Exactly.
1: And and I just remind clients too that, you know, f- with the, the framework that I seg- suggest, you know, three months is probably the maximum amount of time. And I, I got to tell you, once you hit that three month point, you as the teacher and, and the leader of this group are like, all right, it's, t- it's, a, it's you get this urgency of like, all right, it's time yeah. to move on a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and three months really isn't in the grand scheme of things when you think about all the things that our clients have to manage they're not going to make like 360 degree radical changes. And so what we perceive as really simple or obvious or like, well, duh, can't, they could easily do that in like two weeks. They're not experts. They're struggling for a reason. And so if you just solved one tiny problem that, that you perceive from your perspective, um, it might actually be huge for your client. Yeah, I totally agree.
0: I guess that would even be like working with a student in a classroom for an entire year. And maybe one realization they have is like, here's a one way that I learn really well. And then they Mm -hmm. just start learning better. And it's like, maybe you as the teacher are like, okay, maybe they didn't get the A's or, you know, they didn't improve like 100%. But like that
1: one skill is going to last them a lifetime. Oh my gosh, that's so true. A really great metaphor. I went, um, this before all the, the COVID stuff, I went on this um, indoor like rock climbing experience, Stephanie. And, you know, all of us, it was a group of about 20 of us and we got our the chalk on our hands. We had the right shoes on to start climbing. And then all of us just perceived that the goal was to get to the top. Meanwhile, all of us kind of had these different milestones along the way. For some people, it was just like making it to that first like rock <laughs> on the wall, right? For mm-hmm. others they got it they got to the midpoint. So I think you know again, it's you know you'd be surprised what is valuable for your clients. So a lot of times it's a lot smaller than what we what we think it is.
0: Yeah, I feel like everybody listening could probably take like a collective sigh of relief there. And in knowing that it doesn't have to solve every problem. And you as the coach too aren't necessarily responsible for the client Mm -hmm. to make all of the changes. And that kind of segues into, you know, how do you actually engage someone to go through the material or to interact or to get motivated so they are engaged as the person to make the changes and not you as a coach telling them you must do X, Y, Z?
1: You know, I. Th- th- it's a perfect segue. I think there are a few things. Um, so I'm just going to run through some examples. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that the first one is, you know, always remind people of, the outcome, what they are working towards, right? And especially in this industry, and I think it really applies to any, there there needs to be that intrinsic motivation because we as teachers cannot be responsible for what our students um, implement. But when they know what the outcome is, when they know what they are working towards, and a lot of times that is, you know, it could be the weight loss, it could be more energy, it could be looking younger, it could be, you know, finally getting, you know, that full night of sleep, you know, s- reminding them of that, you know, that outcome, that is going to help them really commit to doing the work. Um, Especially because, you know, they're having to make, you know, maybe some changes in their diet, some lifestyle changes, um, we're pushing them out of their comfort zone a little bit. But when they know what they are working towards, and they're reminded of that, and they could be reminded, say, within the Facebook group, they could be reminded of that during the group Zoom calls. You know, a lot of times, Stephanie, what I see is people will tell people, well, this is sort of the outcome this is what we're working towards in the program they say that at the beginning and then they don't really remind the people throughout right mm-hmm. it's one of those where they imagine like oh well of course my clients will will remember this not really it seems repetitive and kind of elementary to to repeat that consistently but i do it within a facebook group i do it you know at the top of every single call i remind people where we're going and mm-hmm. i think that gets people in a place of yeah i can do this or yeah it's you know i might have to say no to doing you know, X, Y, Z behavior, but it's worth it because I'll get this. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense?
0: Yeah. And that's even reminding me like, oh boy, I'm not doing that in my programs. I'm just like, here, we're all here for this reason. And then you kind of do forget about reminding Mm -hmm. them, you know, those little like touch points of, okay, when going gets tough, like here's why you're doing this or, you know, um, if you run into a roadblock it's like okay let's like just figure out and and decide like how to move around this so you get to the angle not just like hit a roadblock and people fall off and i think that is a risk in group programs sometimes when you're juggling multiple personalities and people Mm -hmm. learn in different ways you know how do you keep different people
1: engaged in a group environment too Yeah, it's so, you know, to give you some examples, you know, I mentioned verbally, you can at the top of, say, a group call, you know, this is the topic for what we're going to, you know, cover today. This is why it's important. And you touch on that, like that goal or objective. That's one way you can do it. Um, I've had a lot of fun helping people engage within the Facebook group between calls, like say, for example, you do a call on a Monday on a particular topic, well, you have, you know, four other days to interact with people in a group. And so different types of posts that you can you can insert are like how to's. Um, For example, like, you know, you might be making breakfast or doing something in the morning, like, post a little bit on like, what they can do to model or follow that behavior and see that it's easy and not as difficult to implement. Um, It could be You know, you mentioned just a few minutes ago kind of mindset posts, right? Like if some if we know we're teaching on a topic and people might have, you know, some self doubt or they might feel like it's complicated. I like to address the the elephant in the room. I like to say like this might feel tough, you might feel like giving up, or you might think that this isn't worth it, and reframe it, right? Mm -hmm. So it shows your clients that you're in the trenches with them that you understand and empathize with, with what they're experiencing. Um, because I think a lot of times, and I experienced this too, when I worked with the nutritionist, you know, we, I know I perceived my nutritionist was like, wow, she must make no mistakes at all. And she must eat healthy all the time. And it's almost like, you know, we can, as group leaders become untouchable in a way. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. And yeah. so when you engage with people, um, you know, within a Facebook group and you're teaching them how to do something or a hack or a shortcut or you're addressing their mindset, it really does get people to um, stick with it when it's easy to let go.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. And I think in a group like you're so right, because. Because there's so many personalities in there, if one person has self-doubt, but it's not being addressed, they think they're the only one experiencing mm. that thing. And I've had that too in some of my programs where someone feels like they're behind, um, but then other people feel like they're behind. And as a group leader, it's like, you know, really addressing like, I know some of you might be feeling behind and here's what we're going to do about it. Or, you know, really like like saying it out loud so somebody
1: doesn't feel alone in what they're going through. Exactly. I think what I have noticed from, you know, working with, you know, lots of different clients on getting their programs put together, if they see clients struggling, they automatically think, oh, my gosh, there's something wrong with my content. I'm not a good teacher or I didn't explain this well. And I think what we have to remember is when we're teaching our clients a new topic. Don't be surprised if people struggle a little bit. When someone's learning something new, learning something for the first time, it is natural for them to feel a little bit uncomfortable. It's natural for them to maybe, you know, fall a little bit behind. So, don't don't worry or get defensive or panic. I think when you're proactive and you anticipate that and you can address it, you know, clearly, then I think it just puts you in a really great position as a leader. Mm, I love love that so much. I think it's so true.
0: And really, at the end of the day, it's like removing ourselves from the scenario and being Mm. like, how can I serve them best? And I think that's really what this conversation is about is like, you know, as the leader, we're just one piece of the puzzle. We're not the Mm -hmm. entire puzzle. The entire puzzle is people getting that intrinsic motivation, like you said, or You know, checking things off their list or feeling like their milestones are being accomplished, and it's really up to us to lead them to that outcome.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I was talking with um, a client of mine, and she she's a health coach who you know talk about a niche. She she works with people who are vegan and really wanting to you know maximize you know the the health benefits from a vegan lifestyle. And she was going to teach you know how to cook with um, seaweed, and -hmm. she's like, well, you know a lot of people just don't like this. And I don't want them to, you know, not, I I don't want them to get that emotion in front of them actually eat. Like I want them to, to push through maybe any doubts about enjoying it. And I said, just, just call it out. Like, you know, okay, so we're going to try seaweed this week and maybe you guys won't like it, but here's why seaweed is so beneficial. It's really going to help you with any of that inflammation, that icky bloating and blotchy skin that you've been experiencing. So it's always, you know, anticipating the the challenges or the questions that our students are going to have and then um, calling it out, but reframing it in a positive way that leads them to the outcome that they want. Mm, Well said.
0: So the person that's listening, that's like, okay, how do I anticipate the questions that are going to come up? This is my first time running a group program, Mm -hmm. or even if we bring this into the context again of one-on-one coaching, because I know a lot of people listening aren't at the point yet of doing a group. Um, So like, how do they anticipate what a client might be asking?
1: Well, you know, I think a lot of times um, some of that is, you know, you became you went into this industry one because you love love the topic but a lot of people become coaches in this industry because they went through that same process so one thing could be stephanie you know think about your own experience going go, going through that process so um you know what challenges did you experience what questions did you ask before you became the expert so that's one way of kind of anticipating the challenges the other is i just i i find it so much easier um, not to, to guess or assume, I just, I just straight up ask people, Mm -hmm. you know, so if you are in a one-to-one situation and you're talking about a particular topic, you know, ask them, like what questions are coming up? Like, what do you think, you know, might be challenging about this and hear from their perspective, what might be, um, a challenge. If you are teaching, let's say, you know, you're doing a group session and everyone's on zoom and you're teaching on, um, I'm trying to think of a topic. It could be, you know, healthy breakfast. I'm just throwing out an example. Mm-hmm. And you're teaching on healthy healthy breakfast and you get to the end of the call. I open it up to Q&A, you know, maybe 10 or 15 minutes of Q&A and people can kind of voice what their questions are or what their concerns are. And so you're hearing it straight from them instead of saying, you know, today we're just going to talk about healthy breakfast. Do you teach your points? And then you say, all right, guys, I'll see you, you know, next, next Monday, You know, let them tell you what their concerns are. And then, you know, for the rest of the week, what you can be posting about in the Facebook group, what they, what they might be thinking about as they're, they're going into creating their healthy breakfasts. And so I just see it that way. Just ask them what, what their questions are.
0: Yeah, I love that. Don't assume. Always ask. I think that can be so powerful. And it's like really putting yourself in like the investigator mode, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, like it's like you're kind of digging for that gold. And the gold is, you know, what are they really struggling with? Because if you can solve that, they are going to feel like they've overcome such a big challenge. And that's going to feel like however much they paid or invested into your services was totally worth it because they got a result.
1: Absolutely. And you know, I learned this when I was teaching in high school. I stopped asking, "Are there any questions?" which is sort of this like yes or no and people are like, "Well, I don't know." Uh, you know, they they're kind mm-hmm. of put on, on the spot. Um I started reframing it to, "What are two questions you have about creating a healthy breakfast this week?" Mm. I love and that. And so what I note, what the difference in energy was, people understood that they were thinking about their breakfast, right? It wasn't just an open-ended, like, does anyone have any questions? And then there was almost this expectation that you should be asking questions. There should be things going through your mind. You should not assume that, you know, you're going to have all the answers as you leave this training.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. And I think that's so good because I, I think so many people get nervous that they're going to run a call or they're going to do a training and people aren't going to have any questions. And then, how do you engage someone that has no questions? And I love your idea of it's maybe because you're not asking the right question.
1: <laughs> there is nothing worse, Stephanie. I learned this my first year teaching. There's nothing worse than standing in front of 14 year olds and saying, like, uh, asking a question and then no one talks. And it's mm-hmm. just this awkward, awkward void. So, yeah, it's it's you know thinking about your topic. I just use healthy breakfast as an example, but it could be you know you could even ask like, um, so what are one or two things that you you might be thinking about as you're preparing tomorrow's breakfast, or um, you know I think it's just it's it's tailoring the question into the topic, so rather than leaving it like broad and open ended you know, think about what they'll do tomorrow. What, Mm -hmm. what would you want to be asking them as they prepare for tomorrow? You know? Mm -hmm.
0: So would you be trying to engage them with a question that's more asking them about what they learned so that they're kind of re saying that to themselves? Or would you be asking a question that's like, um, what's your takeaway from this? Like, does that put people more on the spot? Like, tell us what your takeaway is, or is it, I don't know if I'm wording this correctly. I get what you're saying, though, Stephanie.
1: Mm -hmm. I think you could ask like both forms of questions like the, you know, uh, what questions do you have about creating or what are two questions you have about creating a healthy breakfast this week? And I think there's power in asking people, you know, let's say you ask a question and you might get crickets, right? How do you pivot from that? You might then ask Stephanie, okay, so what has been your biggest insight or aha from today's training? And you from there it might be able to you know open up a discussion about questions or you know concerns that they have because it's always fascinating to me what people end up taking away right mm-hmm. yeah and i guess that
0: gives you a lot of potential content like you said either to engage in the facebook group or maybe you felt like the the subject you trained on in that week kind of fell flat but then the questions people ask actually created a different conversation and then maybe Mm. change some of your content to actually model
1: that if that suits the group's needs more. Yeah. And so I think what we're really uncovering here, Stephanie, when you asked me at the beginning, like, what would a group look like? A lot of what you guys are hearing is that so much of the content is formed along the way. You don't have to have all the answers and everything figured out before you dive into it, right? Your group Mm -hmm. is sort of informing you along the way of what they need. And that's totally normal. No one I know And especially the big names that we see in this industry, no one I know has ever entered a group knowing every single, you know, thing about their content and having perfect clients and everyone, no one struggles. Like, it's just, it's part of how you put a program together. Yeah,
0: that's so true. I think so many people though, and I hear this a lot, is that then that chatter or that gremlin in your head of you know wanting to be a perfectionist or wanting to come off as an expert you start Mm -hmm. to feel like if I don't have everything perfect and in place I'm going to wait until I do know everything and then I'm going to launch or then I'm going to create that program where what I hear you saying and what I agree with is you have to launch it to learn those things but so many people stop themselves because of that insecurity of am I going to feel confident doing something I'm not
1: 100% on. You know, uh, and look, I am probably one of the biggest perfectionists, Stephanie. I'm very critical of myself. I'm sure, you know, from what it sounds like, I think a lot of your listeners are as well. And mm-hmm. the greatest lesson that I learned um, that from teaching that I brought into entrepreneurship was, you know, I never had a lot of time to put my curriculum together when I was a teacher. It was like, all right, you are teaching sophomore English. Here's the final assessment for the class. Here are the books you got to teach. Okay, go. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And a lot of times it was teaching books that, you know, I could teach a book, how to read a book, but a lot of the books I'd never read myself. And so a veteran teacher once said to me, you know, a lot of times it just be one chapter ahead of the class. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had to remember that my students were not English teachers themselves. They had never read the book. They don't know how to teach reading a book. I do. I'm the expert in the room. And even if I'm a leading learner, meaning I am one or two steps ahead of them, they are still going to learn a lot from me. And so I think that's how I would you know encourage all of you listening to to really you know push down that perfectionist urge to you know create 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 and you know sit on it for a while and just just get it out there.
0: Mhm. Oh, I love your approach so much. I really enjoy talking to you because I think you really put it into very practical ways to move forward um like you're not trying to make it confusing like here's all the steps you've got to take and you've got to get everything perfectly in place like to me it sounds like you're very encouraging to you know to test things out I'm sure you learned that a lot from working with teenagers what's working Mm -hmm. what's not working what are they relating to what are they not relating to like I'm sure that has really helped you in in now how you're supporting people as well
1: it is, and you know something that I learned, you know, uh, from. I actually started seeing a chiropractor a few months ago, and because I'm always thinking about like how can, how can I help engage people? How can I get people, you know, not only in the gate, you, you know, in the door, but you know, you know, through the whole process? You know, my chiropractor said something really interesting to me. He said people are wired to forget pain. And so the biggest thing that we can be thinking of as teachers and leaders of groups is how can I get my client to see their progress throughout this entire process because you know I went to my chiropractor for like unbearable back pain and within a few you know weeks it was gone and how easy it was for me to forget all those months of like struggle and suffer you know and suffering and so I think you know even if you who are listening to this call maybe if your content's not perfect, but you at least ask your clients to track their progress, that could be on like a reflection sheet or in a journal and asking them, you know, just three to four questions that they do on a weekly basis. You, they will be so amazed and you will be so, so pleased to see that they now have a tangible representation of their progress.
0: Hmm. I a hundred percent, a thousand percent agree with this yeah. because I saw this in my own nutrition business when I wasn't doing kind of client check-ins, which is what I call it. You know, mm-hmm. people were falling off. They weren't seeing like the progress they were making. They weren't booking in their follow-up sessions. Like mm-hmm. it was just kind of a little bit of a mess because they didn't really feel encouraged to take that next step with me to see what that next you know, session might bring for them where when I implement a check-in form, so what I would do is ask them, you know, in this past week, you know, where were you, where were you really struggling? Like what, you know, was a struggle? What were your biggest wins? And then I would have them rate depending on their health issue, you know, their energy and their digestion, so on and so forth. And now I kind of have two things to say about this. Number one, what I would, see is that because they were filling these out weekly over, you know, a two or three month period, they would really see the progress week by week by week. And things that might have been a struggle at the beginning were no longer a struggle. And there were more wins near the end. But also what this gave me when I asked about the struggles was data to what I could help them with the week after and the week mm-hmm. after that versus assuming, okay, let's move on to the next topic on my agenda. You know, what was
1: really going on with them that they need to support with at that place where they were. Absolutely. And, you know, even in addition to that, you know, when you think about uh, trying to, to attract new clients for this program or, you know, market, you will see what their pain points were and what they were able to then accomplish from their perspective. And that helps you communicate why your program is so valuable and why it's such a valuable investment for someone to make. Um, If they're on the fence, you could say, well, you know, some clients of mine have achieved, you know, A, B, and C. And that sounds like something that you've been going through. And this can really help solve that problem. So it makes you a better marketer as well. Mm, So true. So
0: true. I really love that. Well, this has been such an awesome conversation. I don't want to, I mean, I could probably talk to you for hours. I could talk for hours. I feel hours, like we're yeah. on the same page here. I'm like, yeah, you totally get it. Um, but, you know, in order to keep things short for people so they can really put this into action, is there anything you want to leave off with or anything you want to kind of give as like a nugget of, nugget of advice for people to move forward with this? Uh,
1: you know, what I would recommend is... Um, you know, I think the perfection thing is huge. Like, right? Don't get d- sucked down the perfectionist route. But I also think, you know, always, always remember what is it that my clients are coming to me for? What is it that they're wanting from their perspective? Because I think, and this this applies to any expert industry, Stephanie. Um, but a lot of times we can get lost in our own jargon. We can get lost in our own um, terminology, the stuff that gets us excited, but totally goes over the heads of our clients. So when you find the urge or when you find yourself going down that route of getting too sciencey or talking, you know, too specific to your industry, catch yourself and, you know, just ask yourself, wait, what does my client absolutely need to know? And why does this matter to them? How will this help them? I think that's probably the, the, the second biggest piece of advice I would give them.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. You nailed it. Yep. And and really it just helps us to not overcomplicate it and feel like we need to say a million things. It's like really just focusing on those main things. And if we can't answer those,
1: you know, Mm -hmm. it's really
0: gonna resonate with those people. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you. Again, like I said, this was awesome. You're like such a wealth of knowledge. I can tell that this is like you're in your zone of genius. This is what you should be doing for life. So yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad that you came on to share this. And why don't you just let everyone know where they can find you? And if you have any resources for them, you're you're um welcome to share any of that.
1: Absolutely. So um you can you guys can connect with me. Um, I'm super active on Facebook. My first name is Jessica, my last name is Terzakis, that's spelled T-E-R. Z-A-K-I-S. As far as I know, there's no other people on this planet with that name combination. So if you Facebook me, you'll, you'll find me very easily. And then um, I also have a resource for you. Um, Stephanie, I think I could just, can I give you the link to put in the show notes? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, um, it's a guide to, you know, here are the five steps that you can take to get your group program put together super, super fast. So it's everything from what tech do I need? How do I price this? um, How do I, you know, how do I start to pick the content? It's all the stuff that I have used and some of my most successful clients have used, and I would love to share it with you all.
0: Awesome. I will make sure to link that and everybody should go grab that because it sounds like a fantastic resource. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming, Jess. Thank you so much.